I love in that passage where Jesus says to these two men, what do you want? It's a great question, right? What do you want? What are you, what are you seeking? If Jesus came up to you today and said, what do you want? What would you say? Now, you might say, hey, I'm, just, I'm here at the picnics. I, I want some of that smoked meat. I mean, I don't, why, are you, why are you here? But others, I mean, maybe you'd say, hey, Jesus, I just want some peace in my life. I could, I could use a break. Uh, things are a little chaotic around me. Other people might say, hey, Jesus, I could use some healing that I'm sick, my body or my mind. I, I, need, I need healing. Other people might say, you know, you know what I want? I, need, I want reconciliation. I've, been, I've got broken relationships in my family and in my life, and I need, I need those things restored. Or maybe you need a thing. You need a, a job or a car or a the bailout or whatever you need. But maybe Jesus goes to you and he says, what do you want? And you say, you know, Jesus, I could use some answers. Are you really real? Are you the only way? Is it true? Why do bad things happen to good people? I need some answers, Jesus. Whatever, however you would answer that question, what do you want? These, these two disciples answer it in a very interesting way, but the way that they answer the question made all the difference for them. And the way that we answer that question is going to make all the difference for us. So let us pray as we explore this together. So, Father God, what I want from you right now, God, is I just want to thank you for this time. But I pray that during this time that you would show everybody here that they're not here by accident, that you're present here, that you are real and that you are good and that you have something for us. So help us to hear it and help us to respond in faith. And I do pray in your name, Jesus, amen. So this question comes in a series of three encounters with Jesus. So uh, each, each person has an encounter with Jesus, and it leads them to encourage someone else and point them to Jesus. So we have this man named John. We call him John the Baptist sometimes. And John had an encounter with Jesus, and he pointed two of his students to Jesus. And then they went to Jesus. They had an encounter with Jesus. And then one of them went and got his brother and said, I want to point you to Jesus. And then that brother had an encounter with Jesus. And it's just one after another. We have these three encounters. So let's start with John here. And uh, John the Baptist, he was a special messenger of God. He was preparing people's hearts to, to meet Jesus. And when Jesus came, they had an encounter, and he saw something. He saw the Holy Spirit of God connect with Jesus and, and remain on him. And I don't know what that looked like. It's described in the Bible like it was like a bird sitting on him. But it was whatever that looked like. John was convinced that that Jesus was who he promised to be. And he told his disciples, he said, this is the Lamb of God. And the next day Jesus was walking by and he said, look, that's the Lamb of God. And he calls him this lamb language, which as if you understand, if, you, if you've uh, read the Bible in the Old Testament, talks a lot about lambs. The most famous lamb in the Bible is the Passover lamb. This is the lamb that was sacrificed. This is when God was freeing his people and delivering them from slavery. He, uh, God he commanded them to sacrifice a lamb. And the blood of the lamb was covering, literally covering their, their homes, but it was covering them and saving them from death and saving them uh, from destruction and, it was, and they were being freed, and God was making them free, and it was a, a lamb in their place. And also in the Old Testament, in the prophet Isaiah talks about the, this special servant of God who was to come into the world. The servant is described as a lamb who was led like a lamb to slaughter. 
and it, it says he poured out his life unto death and was numbered among the transgressors for, the, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. What the point is here is that when John points at Jesus and he said, this is the Lamb of God, he's talking about a Savior. He's talking about somebody who would bring forgiveness. And whenever we think about anybody encountering God, the, the, the first early step in that process is acknowledging that we are separated from God in our sins. That we all, like, if we were sheep, we're like sheep that go astray, the Bible says. But he's, he's the perfect lamb. He's the perfect one to stand in our place, and he comes to save us. So we are separated. We are unable. We are spiritually dead, and we need, we need to be saved. We need forgiveness. Christian author Max Lucado puts it like this. He said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. But since our greatest need was forgiveness... God sent us a Savior. And John, John the Baptist, he sees Jesus. He sees that he's the Savior. He said, that's the Savior. That's the Lamb of God. And these two disciples, Andrew and John, they go and they follow Jesus. And then they have their encounter with Jesus. So they're following Jesus. We assume they're following from a distance because Jesus turns to them and he asks them that question, what do you want? And their answer may seem a little strange. So Jesus looking them right in the eye, what do you want? They say, well, where are you staying? Interesting, the word staying is the same word abiding. Where are you remaining? Where are you abiding? We want to be where you are remaining. This word abiding in the Gospel of John, later on, Jesus is teaching. He uses this word, abide. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, if you abide in me, and I in you, then you will bear much fruit, and apart from me, you can do nothing. To, to abide with Jesus is what they wanted when he asked them, what do you want? We want to abide with you. We want to stay, not just check in with you, not just get something from you and go, but we want to stay. And they went, and they spent the day with him. They spent the whole rest of their lives with him. Changed their lives. Because when we abide, we realize that God is the source, not just a resource. And we sometimes treat God like a resource. A resource, something you go to, you plug in, and then you kind of pull out, and then you go do something else. A resource where you get something. You go to God when you have a need. God, bless me. God, provide for me. And then you move on. But this image of abiding in a vine destroys that idea. Because you can't just plug in and then break off of a vine and think that it's going to plug back in. It has to remain connected, vitally connected to, to live and to be fruitful. That means we are connected by faith to God, not just when we need him, but all the time, day in and day out, everywhere you are. You can't just cut yourself off. Then you would become like a Christmas tree. I love Christmas trees, don't get me wrong. They're beautiful. You put lights on them, you decorate them. It's the loveliest thing, but they're dead. And you walk by it, and if you walk too hard, you hear the, you hear the needles hitting the presents. And spiritually, we can be like that. We can look like a Christmas tree. Oh, that person looks really religious. That person looks really put together. They look great. But they're not connected vitally to the source. And when the wind blows, the needles fall. When we see God as just a resource, we do a lot of striving. We do a lot of work in life. But when God is our source, he is our power. He is, he is, he is the core, the center 
And when we abide, we're not striving anymore. We're just receiving from God what he desires to give us, empowering us to be his people. And, and these two disciples, when, they, when Jesus looks at them, what do you want? We want to abide. And they did. And they had their encounter with Jesus, which leads us to the third encounter. So this one disciple, his name was Andrew. He has this encounter with Jesus. And in verse 41, it says, the first thing Andrew did was he went to find his brother, Simon, and tell him, we found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought Simon to Jesus. This is always the way that our faith is passed. People have an experience of Jesus, and it changes them, and they go to someone else and say, I've found something, and you need it, and you bring them to Jesus. And what Jesus does here is so beautiful. He gives him a whole new name. Jesus, Jesus looks at this man, and he says, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, when translated, is, is Peter. He said, you're... You're getting a new identity. You are Simon, John's son. I'm calling you Simon the Rock, John's son. And that's your new nickname, which is a pretty cool nickname when Jesus calls you Rock. But it's about Jesus' purpose for his life. And Jesus initiates this new name, this new identity for this man. So Andrew says, we're going to bring you to the Christ, to the Messiah. And that word, Christ, Messiah, it's the same word. I, from two different languages translated. It's the same word. It means the anointed one. That this man, Simon, was not just being shown kind of a new way of life, kind of a new spiritual path, a new idea, or just another different spiritual choice. This is the one. This is the chosen one of God. This is God in the flesh who has come to save. And so it's, it's a unique, it's the uniqueness of Jesus. Uh, not just another way, but the way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the I am the truth. I am the life. So, and then, and then when, when Simon encounters him, he gives him a new name, a new identity. And, and this is going to change Peter's life forever. Everybody wants this. Everybody wants a solid identity. And we do, uh, we, we live our lives to seek the approval of people, to have significance and acceptance and belonging. And we work hard to uh, maintain our identity so people see us the way we want them to see us so that we're accepted into these places. And do you ever wonder why people work so hard to, uh, to try to show who they are, to try to prove themselves, to try to be accepted, to find that belonging? The reason we, we do that is because God designed us for belonging and acceptance, but he's designed us to find that in him. The word, uh, the kind of the Bible word we use for this is righteousness, right standing. You want to fit in. You want to belong. You want to have right standing in your family, in your place of work, in your neighborhood. And God designed us to have righteousness in him, to have right standing in him, in our faith. But we look to other things to find our right standing, to our intellect, to our successes, to our looks or our family or whatever gives us a sense of worth or belonging. We need right standing. We need righteousness, but it doesn't come from ourselves. It's something that we receive by faith, that God says, I'm, I'm giving you a new identity. Peter, I'm giving you a, a, a new identity. I'm calling you the rock, and I'm going to do something with you. And for all of us, he calls us his children. He said, you're now part of my family. You're part of my kingdom, and I'm giving you a new purpose and new things to do and, and a whole way of life that's going to flow from this connection in this encounter. That type of righteousness is something that we receive by faith. And then we have the three encounters. 
We've got John the Baptist encounters Jesus. He points his two students to follow. They follow. They go get their brother. They go get the brother, and, and then he has his encounter. And this is uh, one after another. One person comes to faith in Jesus and shares it with another. Just like Norbert was saying, we, we find something, and we just want to share it with others. If you were invited here today, uh, you may have been told that there would be good music or delicious food or cornhole competition or whatever you were invited to do. But at the heart of that is an invitation to know and to experience Jesus Christ himself. Because many here have known and experienced that, and they want you to know it too. My invitation to you is the same as Jesus said to these followers. He said, come and see. And I invite you to come and see. Whatever next step of exploring this, this man, Jesus Christ, and what he can do for you. Maybe that's taking this Alpha course. and Go over there to the Alpha the sign. Sign up. Get some more information about that. Uh, maybe it's just to continue to join us for worship. We gather every Sunday in Andover at 9 and 1045 and make that a regular habit to join, to be part of this family, worshiping God together, learning together. Maybe it's to join a small group. We gather throughout the week in different, uh, different times and places different groups. Small group leaders are wearing, uh, most of our small group leaders are wearing a name tag like this. Ask them about their group. Uh, we get information about small groups over there, uh, over the small group table. You'll find it. But we just encourage you to take a next step of, 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 of searching and of, of finding and being found by Jesus. All these people were searching, but Jesus initiates with them. And God is always there seeking out people, and he's seeking out you. If you've already feel very connected to those things, then maybe it's your turn. Those, that circle, as, as uh, Norbert said, that circle that you're praying for, may, just to continue to seek God. God, who do you want me to share this with today? What doors, Lord, will you open? And how can I be faithful to speak about you and point people to who you were? These people who did this, they were not perfect. You can read about their lives in the Bible. They certainly weren't expert. I think Andrew knew Jesus for one day before he's introducing him uh, to Simon Peter. Not experts, not perfect, but they had had some experience. And the little bit of Jesus you know is 100% more than the zero of Jesus many people don't know. I encourage you to share that. What do you want? What do you want today? Jesus has what you really need. He has it for you. He has it for those you love. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that as we, as you, as you have said, when we seek, we will find because you are there. You are initiating. You are seeking after us. And we, we turn to you in faith and we, we point other people to, to experience what we've experienced, Lord. And we pray for the season of ministry. And we just pray uh, that, that the knowledge of you would increase, that more would come to know you and experience through these different things we're doing, Lord. But it's because you are a good God, and it's because you are the Savior, that you are the one who comes to bring the forgiveness, to bring us to yourself, to give us that new identity, that we can uh, live a life that's truly good and fruitful because you are truly a good God. We give you all the glory this day and always. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.